I was hoping I would comment on this part of it because here's where I swear they took this right out of Knight Rider. Oh, really? laser beam from the tail and smashing buildings and people are running and it's pretty really, awesome actually yeah i mean I, I thought it set up the episode really well and i was hoping it was going to last computer scan files Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename 6000, 80s guru skills critical, Wyatt Bloom, broadcast technician, DJ, critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename Phoenix, 80s analysis vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Hello, agents, and welcome to MassCast 58 and the continuation of our Season 5 stretch reviewing the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series. Our feature episode tonight is number 43, The Chinese Scorpion, which will include our usual play-by-play commentary plus audio clips from the actual episode mixed in. We'll pause at the dramatic halfway point and at the conclusion to give our critique and ratings using our one to five scale mask-o-meter. Once we've expressed our opinions, we'll give our listeners the floor and read back your comments on the episode, as well as reveal the results of our poll from our website, agentsofmask.com. We cordially invite you to participate in each of our reviews by simply finding the mask cast assignment which is now in the right-hand column of our website or in our monthly newsletter, usually, or on our social media outlets. Click on any of those links to go to our review article containing the embedded episode from YouTube and our poll and the comment section to leave your review. Then stay tuned to our social media again for our Google Hangout announcement. And you can come watch us record the podcast live, as some of you are now and interact with us before, during, and after the show. Chinese Scorpion was originally broadcast on November 27th, 1985 in the United States and features Venom agent Bruno Shepard disguising his Stinger vehicle as a giant iron scorpion. He kidnaps an archaeologist who knows the location of buried treasure inside the Great Wall of China. I'm Jason, one of your hosts of MassCast, and with me as always is my longtime friend and fellow co-host, the Waft Wyatt, to my Jason Basin. Wyatt, you know what I'm referencing. Looney Tunes is about all I got. <laughs> Thinking you're trying to pull off an Elmer Fudd or a Daffy Duck right there. <laughs> Waft Wyatt and Jason Basin were garbage pal kids. Yeah, you have the expertise on that. <laughs> All I remember is a few cards where the dude has his finger up his nose about a mile deep. About so, all I got. So you weren't a collector back in the day, huh? I was not a collector of that. In fact, the only collector I was, and it was a, 
I guess a, a short-lived collection was baseball cards. That's about it, as far as the cards go. Uh, I had a few of the Dukes of Hazard eons ago. I, I, I'm sure they're MIA right now, but. <laughs> but I, I didn't collect a lot of Garbage Pail Kids. I was like you, I was more baseball, football, basketball cards, and those Panini sticker books. You remember those where you could, uh, you had the stickers to put in the books in certain numbers. Uh, yeah. They, there was a lot of uh, pop culture properties too. He-Man, Voltron. I still have my Voltron sticker book somewhere. Really? Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was into those more. I did have some Garbage Pail Kids though. And I remember, you know, the whole parents and uh, teacher freak out, I guess you could call it over those cards and how disgusting they were. And yeah. there was, there was even a garbage pail kids movie. I don't know if you remember that or not. It was no. very, it was very short lived. It, it did go into the theater, but it's widely regarded as one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> so pretty sad. And they actually had a cartoon show. Uh, they were set up and ready to go. I think it did air in Canada, but before it, got to air in the United States, there's this whole like petition to not have, I think it was CBS that was going to air it to not air it from like parents and teachers. And, you know, there's this whole kerfuffle about uh, trying to get that show off the air and it never, never did go to air, but they do have it on like Amazon and places like that on DVD that you can, uh, you can go buy it. So that was pretty interesting. Now, I told you the couple of names. There's actually three cards with your name, Wyatt. Oh, really? Yes. There was Waft Wyatt, which he looked like a brain being sucked through a fan on a table. Uh, there, was, there was Watery Wyatt, which was a boy filled with, like, corked holes, and then he was squirting water through his eyes. I remember him. I don't remember <laughs> the name. I remember that image. And then there was Whopper Wyatt, which was a play on like Burger King. <laughs> he had, he essentially was holding like a snot burger, uh, yeah. and dressed in that that Burger King kind of outfit. <laughs> Interesting. So there was three for you, and I had Jason Basin, which was like a uh, a kid lounging in a toilet. He's just kind of chilling. Okay. Uh, there was wasting Jason which was a kid coming out of a sewer pipe with a bunch of turds like into a river. That was really nice. And then there was disjointed Jason, which was a kid with his arms and legs like being pulled off. So he's like, <laughs> nice, like four, you know, hands pulling off his limbs. And then the most appropriate one was DJ Jason. That is appropriate which was like two turntables that had like kid faces on them. And one of them looked like he was ready to puke, you know, from like, it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. So I got, I had four cards in the, uh, in the series, but there's a, uh, I'd recommend if uh, you guys are on Twitter, go to uh, GPK. That's G E E P E E K A Y. That's a really cool account to follow. It's not an official account, but, he puts up there, or she, basically any Garbage Pell Kid creation you can think of that has to do with, like, something that's happening in the current events, you know? Oh, so, wow. like, 
if there's something political going on, he's got like, you know, Ronald Reagan garbage pal kids or they actually did like Donald Trump and Hillary and Bernie Sanders uh, cards. That's awesome. <laughs> Official cards this year on the Tops website, which wow. I thought was cool. And they've done that for uh, a, a couple other situations. I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, they still produce them and they, they're still like, um, I don't know, 30th anniversary type cards and posters and stuff you can get from the Tops website, which is pretty cool. But, I don't know. Garbage Pail Kids, it's pretty much associated with the 80s and yeah. that little nugget of the the cartoon show, you know, I thought is an interesting little piece of trivia. Yeah. That, you know, I, I've never seen an episode, so maybe somebody out there can leave us some uh, a comment or some feedback on if they've ever watched it and what it's like, if it's worth trying to pick up. And uh, I'm sure you'll still even watch it just to say you watched it. True. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's get on past the uh, Garbage Pail Kids, and let's get our mask on. Get your mask on. So we had the giveaway this past week. Uh, I hope everyone got a chance to enter, and we teased it last time when we uh, had our last podcast, and essentially our friend uh, Carson Satcher made one of his uh, masks of uh, Spectrum out of this... uh, uh, I can't remember what the exact material was that he was using. It's kind of like foam rubber that he uses. It was glorious yeah. you know, just from the pictures and he opened it up. He's actually in Germany. So he basically opened up this contest worldwide and I can't remember how many people we had that entered. It was definitely over a hundred. And uh, the lucky winner was Peter van der Reek from the Netherlands so congratulations to Peter. Um, if you didn't win, Carson has actually promised he's going to do some other custom-made uh, giveaway later this year. So please stay tuned. Hey, Carson, depending on where you're at, I can I might be able to fly over there. There is a, <laughs> there is a quick trip from, from where I'm at over to Germany. So depending yeah. on where you're at in Germany. <laughs> I actually know somebody that's uh, stationed over there in the Air Force. I know a few people actually. Yeah. So uh, one, yeah, we can. A, uh, one's a very good old friend. I, it's actually coming back this way. So yeah, we can arrange a pickup. <laughs> oh yeah, we can. <laughs> well, he's also working on this uh, mask energizer room with the table and the chairs. He's got lights, you know, from where the masks come down. It's That's awesome. It's gonna look great, and I can't wait for him to be done with it and to see more pictures. And we're definitely gonna put that up on the website once he's done with that. So we appreciate him uh, offering such a uh, awesome prize and we can't wait for the next one. And uh, hope you will remember to uh, stay with us and, uh, and enter that contest because these are like once in a lifetime pieces (laughs) to, uh, to get into your collection. But um, well, speaking of the website, uh, I got a fresh template up this week. I had been wanting to kind of change things up and it's been almost what two or three years yeah uh since we changed the name and got that first kind of agents of mass template website together and uh i don't know i thought it was time for a change there's some things i wanted to add and i thought this template that i'm actually using for rediscover the 80s.com did pretty well and so i 
essentially used that same template and uh, I, I made a custom background for us and all the links should still be there in that uh, that header bar at the top of the website you know to join our newsletter list our what we call our objective and podcast and the movie script and we got a a little tab for uh, mask swag, I call it. <laughs> the t-shirts and stuff available on Redbubble. Uh, our friends, too, are on there. And then, of course, the MaskCast archive. So uh, go over to the website if you haven't checked it out lately. And tell me what you think of the background and, and how it looks. And then uh, the next time you do vote and comment on one of our review episodes, there's a new comment section as well. So you can choose now between that popular discuss uh, comment area. And then there's also uh, tabs at the top of the comment section there. If, if you want to leave using your Facebook account or just using the blogger uh, comment section that we normally had there. So you've got some options there to, to leave your review and we'll make sure to, check each one and uh, yeah, it loads a little bit quicker too. I was uh, wanting something that was a little more uh, efficient. Maybe we'll get some more Google hits, you know, that kind of a thing. Our page views have gone up since I changed it actually about doubled. That's so good. yeah, I think we're, most of it's coming from uh, like Google searches. So okay. hopefully people are finding us and that's a great way to, <laughs> To, for, for people to, to come to the site, you know, just right. finding us on Google randomly. So I'm happy to get that done and I uh, uh, hope everyone will enjoy it. A couple more things. MassCast is now on the TuneIn radio app. If you have uh, TuneIn on your phone or uh, I think, I don't know if you can get it in your car. But, uh, you know, it's if you've got a tablet or, you know, even a, a laptop or something that has apps and TuneIn is just another one of those kind of like Stitcher that you can uh, listen to radio, live radio, podcasts and, and things like that. And uh, just another way to get us out there. So haven't got a link uh, up on our website yet, but there is one over on the Facebook page. And if you just want to do a simple search in the uh, on the TuneIn app for MassCast, you should be able to find us pretty easily. And uh, all the episodes are there. I think we're up to 60-something total, even though this is 58. You know, all the... Um, yeah, if you include the chats and our pilot yeah, episode. That we right. Did. So, yeah, we've got a lot over there for you to listen to. <laughs> and then, since we're on the Chinese uh, Scorpion episode... I posted up there this incredible diorama by uh, Marcel Van Brackle. Uh, he allowed me to post some of these photos of it up on our website recently. And this thing is, it looks huge. Yeah. He's recreated the scene that we'll get to where the scorpion buries Thunderhawk into the great wall of China. And, it's, it's just really cool. It's something you have to see. He used yeah. actual toys and he created the scorpion shell and everything. Really, really cool. It's very impressive. Uh, put some 
definitely put some time and effort into that. And so I, I thought that really kind of accented uh, this episode and how um, impactful it is from a series perspective uh, right. up to this point. So I don't want to give away my review too much. (laughs) (laughs) So before I do, let's go ahead and uh, how about we get started? It sounds like it's time to start the MassCast. And my apologies. (laughs) I am on a different voice at the moment. I am am, uh, dealing with a cold, so my apologies. But I, I rarely miss an episode. I love this stuff. I love radio. But anyway... We fade up on Mr. Miyagi's Okinawa home. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And we see a man reading some scrolls with an adolescent boy named Lee walking in, offering some tea to his grandfather. He mentions that he was researching an ancient scroll while Lee questions if it is wise to trouble their ancestors. Understanding the past, Lee, helps us to make sense of the present and the future. You are a wise man, grandfather. But even wise men need to sleep. I won't be much longer. You go off to bed now. Yes, Grandfather. Good night. The Grandfather, which I noticed it's kind of a... I, I realize it's Doug's voice, but it's kind of a mix between Bruce and Matt. <laughs> for me, anyway. We cut to Lee. He's fast asleep, but seems to be tossing about. Uh, we briefly are taken to the moonlit sky to basically footnote that it is still night out uh, before we're taken back to the grandfather. Immediately a red glow appears on a wall. Then we see the big red claws crash to the wall and we gaze at this metallic scorpion while the grandfather screams in fear then is seized by one of these claws. As the boy enters, he's yelling for his grandfather, and the scorpion turns and just drives away. It pauses as the town folk are screaming in fear, then shoots a blue laser beam now onto a building, slamming its claw into another, and then leaving a basically a path of destruction as it exits with the grandfather still firmly in its grasp. That was a, an awesome opening scene. It was. I liked it. And... Forgive me, I know what it was, but I still recollect, um, I guess, the scorpion from the Transformers. Do you remember the Insecticons? So initially, I still had that vision when he crashed through the wall. I had that scorpion coming through my head. <laughs> and then I saw the red one. I'm like, oh, that's right. It's a different color. Yeah. I remember now. <laughs> I don't remember one of the I, – I know some, one of them had the, the claws. I don't know if it was a scorpion or not, but I can see where you can make that comparison. But – I don't know. It just, um, I don't know. It was kind of like a mini monster movie to set up the whole episode where he's just terrorizing outside the laser beam from the tail and smashing buildings and people are running and it's pretty (laughs) awesome actually. Yeah. I mean, I I thought it set up the episode really well and I was hoping it was going to last, you know, keep that, that high momentum throughout the episode. And fading in on the tracker mansion, we catch, Matt finishing a conversation in his mask computer room where he mentions that if the other party hears something from Dr. Choi, which we now know who the grandfather's name is, 
Mm-hmm. He'll contact him immediately. Sorry, Bruce. The Chinese officials are stumped. Said some of the villagers reported something about a huge scorpion six days ago. Scorpion? Sounds like some peasant legend. Not something an educated man like Dr. Choi would believe. We are then immediately welcomed by Scott and T-Bob as they fall into the room. Obviously because they bumped a button. Because <laughs> you hear that little beep. Right, they're eavesdropping from outside as uh, yeah. Scott has done a time or two. Or ten, yeah. <laughs> and then he, uh, Scott begins to stammer about, then finally showing excitement about a giant scorpion. And Matt mentions that he isn't sure, but he will find out why Dr. Choi is missing. All right! Pack some nuts and bolts, T-Bob. We're going to China. To find a giant scorpion? Well, I guess this is known as East meets Past. Rolling my eyes. Yeah, that's pretty much that moment. And then <laughs> we are taken to Asia. Right, we fade now back to China, and it's sometime later. Uh, Thunderhawk is traveling along a dirt road and comes upon the ruins of the village with no one around. T-Bob suggests they leave and keep it deserted. Matt tells him there's nothing to be afraid of and that they'll get to the bottom of it. T-Bob then says that's what he's afraid of, that <laughs> you're going to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> like T-Bob got to the bottom of the well. Right, right. Uh, they approach the house and knock on the door. Matt doesn't think anyone is home, but T-Bob just opens the door with Bruce stating, danger has loose etiquette. After surveying the damage inside, Bruce suggests checking the study with T-Bob quipping, who wants to study at a time like this? And we get the Venom theme now, kind of in the background. Come on, T-Bob. You and me will check the rest of the house for clues. Oh, on the other hand, it's been a long time since I went over my timetables. What's this? Matt stoops over and he finds the scroll. Bruce says that the artifacts left behind look like Dr. Choi's latest dig which was trying to uncover the lost treasure of Kublai Khan. Matt says all he uncovered was trouble. Rolling my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Scott's now tiptoeing around the house, and he and T-Bob kind of back into each other, and they scare the crap out of each other. <laughs> Scott says they shouldn't be scared. That is just an empty house. It's, I think T-Bob's essentially hugging him at this point. And yeah, he was. And then they hear this noise, though, this kind of rumbling noise. T-Bob wonders how an empty house could make such a noise as uh, Lee, the, the grandson, breaks down the door and scares the duo again. And he's, <laughs> I like what he was wearing here. He's wearing this, like, makeshift battle armor. He has a metal pot on his head, and he's carrying, like, household weapons, a, a bamboo stick, and a ping-pong paddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, uh, he's ready to go to war uh, with whatever was around. Well, T-Bob sees the paddle, and he says, ping-pong, anyone? As we uh, fade to the boy now explaining the events of his grandfather's kidnapping six days ago, and he thanks Bruce for coming, so... Bruce is the one, really, that had the tie to Dr. Choi. Right. So uh, Bruce asks him if he actually saw the scorpion, and the boy nods his head yes. Appearances can be deceiving, especially in the middle of the night. But I did see it. Come on, I'll show you where it was. 
So as they begin to leave now, Scott notices T-Bob. He's kind of digging around through this rubble in the house. <laughs> he asks him what he's looking for, and T-Bob says, I'm looking for a big can of insecticide, of course. <laughs> uh, I thought that was actually funny. Yeah, that was actually to, pretty good. Compared to some of these other jokes. But uh, we head back outside now uh, with the team. Right, and Lee explains that all the villagers have fled when they saw the scorpion and are fearful to return. Lee, did you say no one has been in the village since that night? That's right. Bruce, take a look at this. He then calls Bruce over to look at a set of tracks. Scott asks what it is to which Matt replies, it doesn't look like scorpion tracks. Bruce suggests that the item is a vehicle in scorpion's clothing. I couldn't help but think of Wolf and sheep's clothing, and a car. of course, I'm immediately thinking of my favorite helicopter. Um, <laughs> but anyway, T-Bob jokes that it could be driving. <laughs> immediately, Bruce notices a puddle and investigates. Gasoline? Looks like one of these rocks may have punctured the fuel tank. Let's run it through Thunderhawk. If I'm right, there may be some real venom in this phony scorpion. Inside Thunderhawk, the computer analyzes that the high-octane fuel compound is the same used exclusively by Venom. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, we, so we finally get our call up with the actual command. Satellite link to mass computer mission in China. Bruce pre-selected, which I yes. awesome. It was awesome. I knew you were going to be loving that. <laughs> that they, uh, they got they it, keep something they got right. It, yeah, they got the, the consistency there. Yeah. Uh, so we get a slightly altered voice did you notice like the little little bit deeper voice from sharon no no i didn't yeah it altered recommended personnel hondo mclean weapons specialist tactical strategist vehicle code name hurricane extra firepower may be necessary our call-up includes hondo with hurricane because they might need extra firepower and we learn that he's a bodybuilder and when he gets the call and places he places the barbells on it to his coach who easily gets uh, knocked to the ground <laughs> and I don't know how the guy gets freed after that. But anyway, then we get Alex with Rhino, and his expertise is zoology. And he's uh, growing spiky hair on a rat using some kind of liquid. I guess it's the the primitive version of Rogaine. <laughs> gets the call and leaves the bottle where a monkey now walks up and bumps the bottle, and now the monkey has a little bit of Rogaine spiked hair. <laughs> now, did you notice? I didn't let it bother me too much, but the watch sound effect wasn't the normal one either. You know, I didn't catch that. I'd catch Sharon's voice change. I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the the one that I associate with uh, the kind of the long up and down beeps. It was just a real quick kind of normal watch alarm sound effect. But that was a tick for me. <laughs> They got it. They got the when Matt initially calls them. They got that right. So I was really happy about that. Yeah. So we're back to Matt and Bruce and Thunderhawk. Yes, and we're traveling along this dirt path between the uh, Scorpion tracks. Matt speculates that this is all leading to the Kublai Khan treasure. You know venom. They can smell a treasure two continents away. Yeah, as long as they're not standing downwind. As Thunderhawk speeds off into the distance, we pan up the mountain to the Great Wall of China. And I thought this was some really nice shots that they, uh, the animators and the 
you know, the actual drawings and, and everything of the great wall and then the hills and kind of fading into it. I thought that was really good sequence there. Thunderhawk stops now as it appears that the tracks have dead ended into the great wall. Matt says that there is more than one way to follow a scorpion and he converts Thunderhawk to jet mode. Looking below now, they see the tracks up on the wall. Bruce says it looks like they are back on the right tracks, haha, with him then whistling as he spots Scorpion. He was like, there it is. And, and then we get our first look at the Scorpion as it now shoots a laser at them from its tail. Uh-oh. I suppose this is an occupational hazard with following scorpion tracks. Matt, watch out! The scorpion hurls a large brick at Thunderhawk. Matt uses the lasers on the uh, gullwing doors to disintegrate the brick in midair. Thunderhawk then soars overhead as the scorpion continues to fire from its uh, laser tail. Matt fires the door lasers again at the scorpion's claw, which basically does nothing. It kind of just impacts on the surface there, and he gets back to work. And uh, he's kind of in awe of this scorpion, and he at one point calls it an amazing creature, which uh, I thought was cool. Yeah. The uh, scorpion continues to fire its tail, and then it sends a beam from what I obviously recognized as the actual vehicle's grill. Right, And it was kind of like uh, no headlights or something <laughs> because it just looked like it kind of blinded and stunned them for a minute, both of them. And then we get Thunderhawk descending in like a barrel roll towards the scorpion, and then it gets struck by its tail. And Thunderhawk is sent spinning and crash landing on top of the wall. And now the scorpion races over real quick to the side of the crash, it picks up Thunderhawk with one claw, and then it starts to smash it nose first right into the wall. And it continues to bury it. And then it takes some nearby blocks and just kind of piles it right on top of the uh, the rear of Thunderhawk and basically <laughs> making a, a Thunderhawk grave right there. Right. Yeah. And we, uh, we fade out with the scorpion kind of lingering over this, uh, these bricks and this hole it's made as we uh, fade into our dramatic commercial. So uh, what was your impression of this scene leading in in, in the first half? Uh, so far, it's been better than the past couple of episodes, I will mention. Agreed. Uh, we have that suspense of the scorpion seizing Dr. Troy that, uh, even though it was rather short, it was a lot of action, a lot of destruction, a lot of suspense right there in the first, I'd say, two to three minutes. Mm -hmm. And then disappearing with uh, Matt and Bruce simply attempting to investigate. They weren't really doing much else, just uh, nosing around, really. Duo weren't too annoying for me, but they were starting to work on it. Yeah. The animation of Thunderhawk's transformation was actually good. It was a different look. Uh -huh. uh, the call-up was a very welcomed and accurate call-up, I'll call it. Battle towards the commercial break was actually pretty incredible. Would have liked to see some front-end damage to Thunderhawk. 
Yeah, uh, I was thinking I was that little, too. Yeah, I was a little uh, disappointed that you know you didn't see it flatten the the head, or at least headlights being blown out, or you know popping a tire or something. It just didn't do anything. We get it later, but yeah, we yeah. didn't get anything as it's being forced into there. Yeah, but it was you know the whole thing was still a, a good battle and still a decent cliffhanger. And it, we've had better, but not not terrible like we've had in the past either. Mm-hmm. My only I guess I'll I'll call it a partial tick or partial markdown is I noticed Sharon's voice deepened when she was trying to do the mask computer and, and you know we we heard on her discussion how she'd have to do playback constantly to get the right voice. Right. So that must have been one of those days. <laughs> um, the other tick that I had is how big is this gas tank? Because they puncture it way back wherever that village is and they've popped the hole and gone what I, I have no idea this could be two miles away for all i know but it yeah. looks like 50 100 miles some kind of great distance has traveled and if this is the same gto that that thing's supposed to be <laughs> that thing was lucky to get 10 if you were lucky yeah. on the engine i realize they've this is fiction and very big fictionish but still um just they had to have a monster gas tank in the freaking trunk or something but uh <laughs> Uh, anyway, that aside, my rating is about 4.5. I'm at a solid 4.5 right now. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I just to bounce off your points, um, I was really enjoying the episode. I thought it was well drawn for the most part. Um, story had good pace. It you know just kind of went from scene to scene, and we weren't uh, you know sometimes they use T Bob and and Scott in a way where kind of takes you out of the episode or you, you get sidetracked, you know, but everything was kind of on point and on pace to kind of the goal. We had the action, we had the mystery solving, but we still don't, it wasn't revealed. We know there's a treasure, but you know, Hondo and Alex are still on the way. And I thought that was good. The episodes where we get the call up in the first half, not necessarily the agents showing up on scene, but we know they're on the way and there's kind of a lag in between instead of, you know, getting the call and then being right there in the next scene, you know, I kind of like those episodes. It builds that suspense of, okay, well maybe Matt and whoever's on the scene, you're going to get in trouble. Right. They'll have to come and bail them out, you know, which doesn't necessarily happen in this episode, but I don't know. I, I, I thought that was uh, just thinking about that. That's where, some of the better episodes for me at least come in, in that situation. Yeah. My biggest hang up, it was the jokes and the puns. There was a, that one that I kind of laughed at, but for the most part, it wasn't too bad. I, I, I there's no way it was going to pull me down from a five. There wasn't enough there to even go a half a point down for me. I was, I was still right at a solid five and, uh, but, you know, the second half, they start I, – I think I wrote down uh, if we get a lot more in the second half, then it's going to add up pretty fast as far as yeah. the jokes. <laughs> yeah. And the cops, you know, even though they're pretty hokey, I was glad that they pretty much got that sequence right. Yeah. You know, and then the, the Scorpion, you know, very inventive. It really wreaks some havoc. And I, I really didn't pay too much attention into that. I was, I was thinking he was going to say it was oil that they find and not 
gasoline. <laughs> right. Um, he does sniff it, I think, at one point. So, you know, that was good and obviously in referencing that it was gasoline, but I thought it was going to be oil or something like that. Right. I didn't, I didn't really put too much into how far it was going to go from there. Maybe he made repairs on the way or something. But anyway, I thought the first half was really great and yeah. was hoping the second half was going to kind of keep up with the, with the pace of the first half. So, and speaking of the second half, we, uh, we fade right back up on the wall. That's right. We return kind of out of sight and we fade into the depths of this wall now with only the windshield of Thunderhawk peering out and maybe a few small beams of sunlight coming through. Mm -hmm. Matt and Bruce come to with Matt already concluding he can't use the mask. Uh, I wonder if it's because it cannot deploy from the roof that's smashed in. Yeah, I wrote that in my notes as well. Is it... uh the storage compartment were damaged or was it the actual mask that was damaged? You know, we didn't, didn't get too much detail into that, but he did look up at the roof. Like, right. Yeah. That's what he was alluding to. I can't use the mask. Check the gauge readings. It's getting harder to breathe by the minute. Big trouble, Matt. Temperature's climbing fast. We're almost out of air. Then here goes nothing. As a kid, I probably wouldn't have put anything to this, but it just seemed odd. Uh, it'd be more believable if they would have said the oxygen levels are depleting or something. Right. Not that the heat's rising. Yeah, because they're, they're about to breathe in hot air. And they're about to use some jet engines there, so yeah. it would add to the temperature. <laughs> right. But here, I was hoping I would comment on this part of it, because here's where I swear they took this right out of Knight Rider. Oh, really? Because, and I, I meant to go look for this episode, and I don't have it. It's in, like, season two, I think. But anyway, the episode on Knight Rider is similar. They're buried. And Michael literally holds his breath because they're out of oxygen. They've depleted all the oxygen. There's nothing more for Turbo Boost to do. So they take all the ex oxygen out of the whole cabin, hit Turbo Boost, and they're able to blast through the rock and save the day. Here's <laughs> exactly the same thing with Thunderhawk. They use the same technique. Matt says they'll use some thunder of their own and engages the Thunderhawk jet engines. And even, again, the technical side of me, I'm like, they even got the car transmission working because you see the back tires squealing. Right. Uh, well, he throws it into gear, and then he steps on the pedal. They show him doing yeah. both. So it was almost like, you know, I don't know how Thunderhawk works and how the jet <laughs> engines work. But to me, it was like, okay, I'm going to pull the lever to engage the engines, I'm going to step on the pedal to engage the wheels, and I'm going to give it everything she got. You know? Right. <laughs> That's what exactly happened. You know, we, and we see some rumblings, which was the same on Knight Rider. There were some rumblings, and then all of a sudden we see Thunderhawk eject, or I put turbo boosts through <laughs> on my notes, through the Great Wall. Right, Thunderhawk. Go for it! It flings its doors off, which was awesome to see. Yeah. Thunderhawk is so torn up. Broken lights, no doors. The rear spoiler's even bent. The back it wheels races. are off, too. Yeah, yeah, it's racing uncontrollably off the down the hill. We see it pop a tire, like Jason just said. It, you know, bounces off the road there before it finally crashes to a halt. And I wish I could come up with a better 
better scripter, but that was just totally awesome <laughs> to see that. I'm like, right there, if we could have done that, that was a five in, in times <laughs> ten. That was just an awesome scene. The animators, the the writers right there did that one right. Yeah. That I was so awesome. definitely agree. But then, of course, they uh, they back it up with a pun from Bruce. Oh, of course. We were stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we now hear, you know, great timing, by the way. Yes. We now hear and see the mass jet just happened to be flying overhead uh, just after this near close call. And on the ground, Matt jokes that you guys have bad timing. You just missed all the fun. We wouldn't want you guys to get bored. Did I just see what I thought I saw? That depends on what you think you saw. A giant scorpion. Then you didn't see it. Then we cut to our illustrious dynamic duo. Right. So uh, after the cavalry comes on scene, we're back at the uh, damaged house there in the village with Scott and T-Bob and their new friend Lee eating their lunch and trying to use chopsticks. And I thought as we approached the house, I was like, is this house stable for them to be in? <laughs> it's like half of it ripped off <laughs> uh, from the, uh, from the scorpion. But anyway, Scott shows T-Bob that uh, you pick up the food and then Scott drops it on the floor with these chopsticks. Oops. And then drop it on the floor. That is easy. It takes a little practice, Scott. Meanwhile, you starve to death. I thought this scene was going to be one of those where I'm like, all right, we just had this incredible action scene, and what are we doing? Eating lunch? Well, come on. But uh, anyway, T-Bob, he um, tries to pick up this, uh, I guess it was an egg roll or noodle or something off the floor. He, he actually does by putting his chopsticks through it. Right. And then he... Uh, says he definitely does not want his chops around his food. I guess because he can't eat food. Uh, anyway, he walks over to this table, and he's showing off his new chopstick skills, and he balances this small box. It looked more to me like he was trying to do his miniature forklift skills. Right. Yeah, right. Forklifts. <laughs> well, he kids Scott that maybe he should teach a class on you know chopsticks, just as he drops the box on the floor. Oh, T-Bob, you broke it. This whole part is crooked. You and your dumb chopsticks. Gee, oh, I'm sorry. Well, maybe I can fix it. And then maybe not. Okay, box, I give up. Stay broken. Huh? The box moves again, and the lid opens, and we find a scroll inside. Well, Lee rushes up and says, Scott did fix it, and this is the map to the lost treasure of Kublai Khan. So Scott says he'll call his dad right away, and he uses T-Bob's, I guess you call head panel radio. <laughs> uh, flips it open, and he attempts to call Thunderhawk, but doesn't get any answer because it's destroyed so scott assumes there's some kind of trouble and he thinks that they should go help uh t-bob reminds him that he's supposed to stay with lee and scott says well they will he'll just he'll come with us that's right <laughs> you're still with them right. so the boy he runs out of the house with t-bob is now grabbing a pair of chopsticks because he wasn't going anywhere without being armed haha ha. wrong eyes well, after we get this scene, which now we 
now uh, means something, yeah. we head back to the Great Wall. With Rhino and Hurricane in view, Mass continues to survey the tracks. Matt states that he thinks they've gotten the dirt on Venom. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut to Rhino's command center where an alarm is going off. We then see the team is inside with a computer spinning out the soil sample, which happens to only be located at these exact coordinates. Subsoil track sample located. Exact placement of soil can be found at 39 degrees latitude, 112 degrees longitude. Good. I think it's time we pulled our own sting on the scorpion. Come on. And I like the, uh, the exhaust and the rumble effect that they do as they begin to head out. Yeah, that was really good. And I think that was the point where Rhino, uh, I got that panorama and we got Matt in the controls and Bruce in the passenger seat and Alex leaning in. And then we get a, uh, Hondo and Hurricane peeling out as well. Right. And I like that now Matt is in his ultra flash suit. Yeah. They're, getting, they're getting the details right. You know, we're up to 43 episodes or whatever now. Uh, <laughs> it takes some time. Yeah, but obviously Rhino's on the scene. Thunderhawk is destroyed. He put Matt in his ultra flash. So Right. So we now cut to our rescue rangers. We've got Lee looking over the map initially saying that it is the right way, then states, oh, no, wait. And so T-Bob locks his brakes. Scott nearly pulls a Rax and tells T-Bob to watch it. Uh, I still can't help but think of the Three Stooges in the Plumber episode where he goes, hey, why don't you call your stops? <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he tells, yeah, he tells T-Bob to watch it, with T-Bob replying that he's trying. Uh, Lee says they need to go back about a mile and make a right. Now, T-Bob's motor is not the same sound yeah. effect at all. I wrote that down, too. It sounded like he needed a tune-up. It was needed something. <laughs> it I was, think that, it was that sounded more like a Prius than it did anything else. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, we got him turning around. T-Bob grabs his chopsticks and says that he's ready. No one will make chopped liver out of him. Uh. And now we're at minute 15 and 20 seconds, and we finally get our actual Venom with Dagger complaining while he's yo-yoing. This is taking forever! Yeah, what are we waiting for? The reincarnation of Kubla Khan? Clam it, both of you. I know this is hard for you two goons to understand, but this is an intellectual process which takes time. Miles walks over asking uh, the Dr. Choi if the translations are complete. He replies that it isn't safe with Rax interrupting, saying the man said, open it. <laughs> Dr. Choi replies that it is written that the treasure is guarded. Miles and Vanessa both press him. Dr. Choi, I suggest you open this cavern now! Hop to it, old man. Venom's a match for these guardians, whatever they are. Oh! Yeah, they were getting angry. I, I like oh, they were. They were. So we see uh, a few blocks that are moving, and it sounds more like a machinery sound effect, not like a right. Uh, you you typically hear a, a concrete, you know, scratching sound. It was more a wee 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 whatever. Yeah. Sound effect. But Doctor Troy opens the door, and an impatient Rax tells him to speed it up. 
<laughs> the blocks seem to have multiple layers. It's kind of like and that we, puzzle box. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was then good. We see, yeah, it was. And then we see a pair of steel doors, which open. Miles enters with an amazing look and tone as he looks upon the massive treasure, which looks similar in layout to Scrooge McDuck's vault. <laughs> nice call. Yes. <laughs> I just, it just looked too much like it. The humps. I mean, they had a couple of pots and stuff in there, but it was like, I was waiting for miles to like try the Scrooge McDuck swim. Like he does. You know, <laughs> in. Well, there was a nice uh, scene or shot of them like knee deep in the gold a little bit later on here when they're kind of surveying everything of uh, all four agents and mayhem in the middle. And it was very, uh, I mean, it was like wall to wall gold. <laughs> yeah. So that takes us back to the outside where we see Scorpion arriving. Right. And this is again, like I've mentioned before, on the website and I think on this podcast, this is a really cool moment here where the Scorpion pulls up and it transforms, letting the Stinger vehicle exit. Bruno walks up to Vanessa, who the agents have come back outside, and she tells him, It's about time, Shepard. I would have been here sooner, but I ran into some idiot's joy riding on a wall. Did you let him have it? And I kind of scratched my head here. I was like, well, he didn't recognize Mask? <laughs> Who briefed this guy, you know? And <laughs> Did you give this guy any training before you hired him on, you know? <laughs> All right, this is the guy we're after, and this is his car. <laughs> anyway, so Mayhem says, no one joyrides, and it must be, and then he looks off in the distance, Mask! There they are. It's uh, Rhino and Hurricane now on the scene that have obviously traced them there from these uh, coordinates in Rhino. Venom scrambles their vehicles, and Miles says he should have known they'd show up, and if they want to fight, they've got one. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. give me a good fight. <laughs> and they have the upper hand this time. They have five vehicles. That's right. To, to two on mask sides. So I was like, this had better be a good fight. So we get uh, Bruno now. He's trying to put Stinger right back into the scorpion shell in reverse. But uh, Matt uses Rhino's stack lasers to blast the claws off the thing. First, let's take care of our little friend here. Oh, no! And I, this is another kind of head-scratcher for me. Or... I guess maybe uh, a more of a reveal was that, you know, we saw a Thunderhawk come in, he used his door guns on the claws and they just basically bounced off and rhinos, you know, blows the thing up practically. So either rhino has more firepower or they found, you know, some kind of weak spot or something to, to destroy the, the front of the, Scorpion shell. I'm so, thinking Rhino packs the heat. I'm just just saying that's that's the battering ram. That's the tank. Right. So yeah. I'm just thinking he he's got the he got the stuff. I agree. I mean, I, that's what I was kind of leaning towards myself that they they have a little bit more uh, strength than uh, Thunderhawk. So anyway, so after this happens, we get Manta firing back at Rhino, 
Stinger, which is now converted. I wish they would have shown it uh, yeah. a little more. Uh, he also fires at Rhino, but his lasers kind of disintegrate on Rhino's battering ram grill, which is extended. Piranha, he's now on uh, Hurricane's tail, and he starts firing, and Hondo converts Hurricane, and I, I thought this was really cool how he, and we've seen this before, I think, when Buddy was driving, where he kind of goes right up into the that roof turret yeah. on Hurricane right from the... Uh, <laughs> right from the driver's seat and he fires this uh the cannon and hits a bunch of rocks up on the hillside and they come rolling down and at piranha incompetent idiots i'll have to win this one on my own he uh, as soon as he's done converting he fires a missile at hurricane which narrowly misses and then he fires lasers at rhino who is now being pursued by Stinger. And Mayhem sees uh, T-Bob and coming onto the scene, and he says, more intruders, and he tells Dagger to go take care of them. So uh, Jackhammer now comes on scene, transforms, and uh, T-Bob does a 180 the other way. <laughs> so that was actually pretty awesome for, you know, it wasn't like a big... Yeah, it wasn't a, yeah, it was wasn't a great a turn. turn on a dime. It was. Hey, Bob, you're going the wrong way. It just became the right way. Hang on, boys. Maybe I can throw a little light on the situation. Ultra flash. Oh. It was kind of weird that he didn't, you know, like scold them or anything at first. What are you kids doing here? You know? That's usually uh, the case. <laughs> He rolls down the window and gives Dagger a shot of Ultra Flash and blinds him, and Jackhammer kind of veers off the road. And then we finally get the fifth wheel buggy again. Yes. Um, while it's moving, which I don't think we've seen before. It's always been parked, but they're still moving down the road, and the uh, buggy disengages from the back of Rhino, and Alex is behind the wheel. And he drives near to T-Bob, telling them to hop on. So they all hop on with Alex, and he speeds them away to safety. And now we get Switchblade and Manta soaring overhead. Mayhem sees that Dr. Choi is closing the door. Oh, no! Into the cavern! That's an order! And they all park and... I don't know. This scene kind of came together real quick. It was like they're yeah. going in several directions, and all of a sudden, all of the all the agents are right there by the door, uh, and they quickly park and exit the vehicles. And as the doors are closing, I think Vanessa yells out to Mayhem to get in there, and he barely just makes it inside. Right. And then we get uh, Hondo pulling on to the scene. We've got to go in after them. No, my friend. I closed the wall on purpose. There is a guardian of the treasure. He will do all that is necessary. So that leaves us back uh, inside the treasure room. We see Dagger amazed, saying, what a bunch of rocks. Rax <laughs> pauses that he says, They're leaving. What a bunch of fools. But then that leaves more for us. I wonder what the old man meant about a guardian, though. Forget it. Just start collecting the treasure. As they begin, a block opens with that mechanical sound again. 
And Miles turns to look and sees many open up now with real scorpions, encircling them with Dagger exclaiming, The Guardians! We fade out out of Venom and to Rhino and Hurricane driving on the Great Wall, which leads us to our PSA. Scott and T-Bob are walking with Scott jamming to his Walkman, complete with that metal tab that you'd see on the adjustments. If I don't know if you remember them. Yeah. I had them back in the 80s where it was a little, you had your band. And you actually <laughs> had the adjustment. I, I don't know what, what retard thought this one up, but... Uh, <laughs> That's what actually adjusted. It wasn't, it wasn't the headband that got adjusted. It was like it went, zing, like that. It went up and down, but uh, it looked more like a an impersonation of Soundwave or someone. <laughs> but, uh, nonetheless, uh, T. Bob finally gets his attention, asking if if he can try it. Out on the sidewalk, T. Bob is happily listening and begins to enter a cross rock. T. Bob, look out! I'm never going to wear a radio again when I'm around traffic. I can't hear what's coming, and that's just not safe. You said it. Me too. <laughs> and you're right. So. Well, before I uh, I jump into the reviews, give me your your kind of first reaction to the ending of the episode. Because it wasn't a, it wasn't a normal ending. No, it wasn't the I'll get you next time tracker or something like that. Uh, part of me was kind of liking it because there is a closure to it because now these scorpions are basically going to attack them but it leaves enough of a cliffhanger to like okay how do they get back out right, right. obviously obviously in episode 44 they're going to be there <laughs> so it's just I guess that left a cliffhanger for that but it was kind of I didn't mark it down more like a tick, but it was more of a, and it wasn't because it didn't follow suit, you know, like, like they just all run away. It was more of a, I, I was expecting more, I guess is the right wording I'm thinking of. Yeah. I was expecting more instead of them just running all into that cave, although that that's really, uh, that's typical of them. They're running for the money. They don't care about anything else. Yeah. But uh, it just, I don't know. I was looking for something more, I guess. I, I enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't the conventional, let's get out of here. And, you know, Venom quickly gets off scene. And based on the battle, of course, Venom never usually fares well. But with Mask being down so many vehicles and, and Venom really having the advantage, I was like, well, how are they going to get out of this one? I hope it's not going to be something stupid. Well, you know, they're essentially trapped in there and it left a lot to your imagination. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe uh, there's another secret way out. Um, they did run in there with their masks, even though when they're talking there at that end scene before they fade out, they don't have them on. So Miles could easily use Viper to melt some stuff and try to make another entrance. Right. Uh, yeah. Torch to burn them all up, you know? Yeah. So there's, there was that, but I liked that, you know, I liked that there wasn't that conventional let's end the episode and then let's have a laugh. 
it was more of a oh, what's going to happen to Venom, you know, and then we get Mask just basically driving away, which if I was them, I would have just like laid into their vehicles and destroyed the crap out of them <laughs> that are outside, you know, if they're trapped inside. Right. And real um, world, you do that. But, you know, we've seen a couple of times where Switchblade was basically totaled and they never took it. They didn't do anything right. with it. And you see Switchblade all nice and shiny, just like the General Lee, yeah. all brand new. Nothing's wrong with it. Yeah. And that's because there's no, really no continuation between episodes. No, that's fine. Which would have been nice, you know, at least to get a couple, but episodes that were linked. But uh, anyway, I just, I don't know. I wanted your thoughts before I get into the review. I, you know, it was a great episode to me. I rated a 4.5. The jokes kind of weird on me a little bit. <laughs> And I'm going to round it up. So I, I gave the, the episode a five after rounding. Definitely solid, especially if you wanted to recommend an episode for a friend to watch. You know, they're like, remember Mask? Oh, yeah. Go watch uh, go watch The Chinese Scorpion. I thought it was at least worthy of something like that. Yeah. It, the good parts, the talents of Doug Stone, let me tell you. Uh, yeah. He's got Matt. He's got Bruce. He's got Hondo, Bruno, and... What from what we thought the uh, Doctor Choi? So he had like five characters in this episode. <laughs> That's right. And there's some, you know, they're talking back and forth, especially Matt and Bruce, which he does more often. But he was uh, he was pretty active in this episode. He was, yeah. He did a, a pretty good job. So, and then the you know the ending, leaving for your imagination. Like I was saying, I thought that was really good. The bad, I had more ticks than, obviously, than really bad stuff. It was just the jokes. Yeah. The soil sample detection, I didn't really like that. The scorpion could have picked up dirt from anywhere between here and the and the wall. Yeah. You know, how's it going to lead Mask right to the entrance? You know, and especially if Bruno just showed up there right before them. Right. He wasn't obviously there before, so... If you're tracking the scorpion, <laughs> I don't know. That that just didn't work for me. And the other bad part I would call was that there was only one mask use in the whole episode. That is true. The ultra flash. So come on. You know, it would have been nice to get some masks going back and forth before they get into their vehicles and you know, or something. You know, shoot it shoot at mask while you're getting it into your vehicle. <laughs> With some fireballs or something. That's right. Uh, just use the masks a little more. The ticks. There was some great animation and drawing of Thunderhawk, and then there's a couple times like when they were going down that dirt road. I don't know. It's more rectangular and kind yeah. of boxy, and I think they were trying to to uh, simulate motion going down a dirt road, you know. But it looks more like it said wobbly axles than it was actually you know, like a bumpy road or something. Right. So I don't, I mean, maybe that's just the challenge back then of how, <laughs> how do you draw a car going along a bumpy road? So there was just a couple times where I was like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best drawing of Thunderhawk, but there was some nice close-ups when it was in the air and such. Yeah. Um, so it, like I said, that was more of a tick. Uh, the T-Bob scooter sound. We've mentioned that. It wasn't really explained how Venom and Dr. Troy found that correct location without the map, you know, unless he had already found it and then like memorized it or whatever. 
up to that point. That wasn't really explained. I would have liked to see more surprise from Matt when he sees T-Bob and the boys on the scene. I mentioned that. The PSA was somewhat recycled because we did do a uh, Walkman <laughs> safety. Yeah, we did. Something, it, was yeah. With, it was with Matt. I remember <laughs> Matt was the one uh, talking about Scott's wild music uh, <laughs> when he's like walking down the street or something. So it wasn't T-Bob that was in harm's way. It was somewhat recycled. And then, uh, you know, it was just the end battle. I thought they did pretty well with it. I was hoping there'd be some more double team kind of action on mask. Uh, they did have Manta and switchblade. I think at one point in the air together, like they were coming down on one of the vehicles, but I don't know. Just going through as many episodes as we have, I thought they could have done a lot more with that battle scene instead of just, uh, you know, okay, where is Jackhammer? Oh, okay, you go after the scooter. Well, where you been up to that point? Exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, it's more. It was more of a one-on-one type stuff. So I would have liked to see them all kind of uh, mayhem, give them some kind of plan. You two take him and. Us three, we're going to take him. And Okay, now the kid comes on scene. All right, Jack Amber, you veer off and you go after him. I would have liked to see more of that. But like I said, that was more of a tick. But I gave it a five. What did you rate it, sir? I was like you, 4.5. Couldn't go any really higher or lower, but it stayed right there. Obviously, I rounded it up to a five. It was a very, very awesome episode. I'm like you. I would recommend it. Like I mentioned earlier, we finally get a good episode after not so, a few not so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the sound effects. We got most a lot of good sound effects throughout the the episode. The great battle scene at the end, obviously the the crashing and and scene uh, where they they winked at uh, Night Rider for me. <laughs> and um, I liked how they used the scorpion. That was actually a pretty cool, I'll call it contraption that they put together to be able to to merge it with one of their mask vehicles. Even though it shows us a new one, it was still the the idea that you know you know they can basically uh, use another uh, skeleton. I'll call it. Yeah. So um, it was really good. I I was you know I think I mentioned in that uh, that post I did on. Uh, uh, seven vehicles we would have liked to seen from the series that never got. And one of them was the scorpion shell. Yeah. It would have been a fun little add on to, to buy and to, to use, you know, it would have been like you said, um, we obviously got a new venom agent as well as a vehicle on scene. I liked that. Uh, even though it was very minor, I liked that Matt couldn't use spectrum, you know, the one that's all powerful mask he couldn't yep. get to it. And I also like the little, the little nudge to Ducktales, like I said about the gold <laughs> and stuff. The little ticks, I just call it. I'll call them ticks that added up and kept it at its four point five. Was uh, I mentioned the the voice mistake with Sharon? Initially, the lack of damage to Thunderhawk when he's being slammed into the wall, oh, wow. but then they made up for it with that awesome scene afterwards. At least to me. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it as well. Jack Hammer really didn't do much except chase the trio, and that was about all they got out of him. The puzzle block was actually a pretty good setup. 
I guess it was too easy for me that it was a haphazard bump and it opens. You know, supposedly <laughs> this guy's been looking all these years, and that you know it takes the duo fumble, you know, thumping and bumping around, it opens it. Well, that was the thing. They didn't really explain if he had been in there before or not. So that's true. Uh, he could have found it, and that's why they kidnapped him. To they, there was, and the other thing too was they were making him translate something at the wall. And that was right. never explained. True. What was he translating? I guess he was looking for the right block to push there or something. Right. To uh, start that whole sequence. But that wasn't really explained. Right. T-Bob's motor, we talked about it. It wasn't the same sound effect. Scott kind of complaining about running from danger. That was kind of a, I don't know what was what he was smoking that day. But, I mean, it, you see Jackhammer head on and he's complaining that he's going the wrong way <laughs> when he does a u-turn to get out of danger i don't i don't know <laughs> and then again a minor tick that the psa didn't had nothing to do with the show whatsoever yeah it's always nice when they tie it in yeah and being somewhat recycled too i was like mm, they could have could have did a little bit better with that yeah but anyway like i said it's an awesome episode a good five i round it up but I didn't see any similarities to the movie script in this. Did you? Well, I, the only thing I put down was Bruno. I mean, he's in our movie. That is true. I forgot. We don't have Stinger in the movie, but he t- kind of teams up with uh, Dagger. And he's more the co-pilot yeah. of uh, Jack Hammer. He's the one up in the turret while Dagger's mostly driving. And we use them in a couple scenes uh, when they rob a bank and they're testing out Jackhammer kind of for the first time. And so we have Bruno in there, but we didn't put Stinger. That's right. In there. So that was all I pulled out. Yeah. Well, you caught it. I'm the one that's usually pulling <laughs> something out. <laughs> well, let's uh, head on over to the poll. Uh, we had 15 votes. This time, four votes for a five, five votes for a four, three threes, and three twos, which is kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Almost, uh, what, well, I guess a little bit over a third rated two and three. So I I thought it was a pretty good, and again, we have the benefit of you know going in order and and everything. And the last couple were they were okay, but um, you I, well, I guess you maybe thought they were a little bit more than okay. But I was surprised to see there was that many uh, twos voted in this one. So let's uh, let's read some of the comments. And we'll figure out maybe <laughs> if one of them was one of the the lower raiders and see right. what they had a problem with. We'll start with uh, Eric over at Cartoonopolis. He says, wow, this episode had some really great scenes that were unfortunately marred by some really stupid ones. The battle between Thunderhawk and the Scorpion on the Great Wall was awesome, and it was great seeing Thunderhawk get completely thrashed. However, there's no way Thunderhawk could have escaped being buried inside the wall like that. Also, the whole Chinese puzzle box with the map inside it thing uh, inside the kid's home is way too convenient to be believable. Another flaw was during the battle near the end. Venom had Mask outnumbered five vehicles to two, and they still couldn't defeat them. 
Not only that, but the scorpion armor that was impervious to laser blasts earlier suddenly wasn't anymore. Mm -hmm. Most perplexing of all, though, was the very ending itself. Miles, Vanessa, and the rest of the gang make it into the cavern with their masks on. Yet suddenly, when they're inside, they're without their masks. Then they are completely surrounded by real scorpions without any means of saving themselves. <laughs> How the heck do they make it out of there alive? Why did this episode go out on such an ambiguous ending? Very good point, because uh, I guess I didn't catch it that they were maskless, I'll call it, uh, between running in and getting out. I guess I just assumed it was in their hands or something. I didn't I didn't really yeah. see it. Well, I mean, again, most of his points that he made, we've already kind of gone through. And, you know, again, with the battle at the end being outnumbered, you would have thought Venom would have done a little bit more. But, again, with the ending, I don't know. I, I, I kind of liked that it was different, that it was uh, out of the box, so to speak, from what the typical, you know, let's end it with a laugh kind of a deal and left a little bit more for the imagination. So right. uh, I can see how he took it the other way, though. Yeah, um, and it's very good, though. Just because it is, out, it is out of the norm. It is. So, but uh, we appreciate Eric for that comment and uh we're right down to our buddy karsten satcher this episode was one of three i had on vhs when i was a kid as i did not know anything about the number of episodes or the order of the series i assumed it was the last one with venom trapped inside the secret chamber underneath the great wall without any means of escape strangely enough they entered the room wearing masks and suddenly masks disappear a mask leaving them behind what was kind of cruel. <laughs> well, or maybe he meant which was kind of cruel, yeah. leaving them there. Uh, I really like the animation on this one, especially the wrecking of Thunderhawk and the doctor being kidnapped by the giant scorpion at the beginning of the show, which creeped me out as a kid. Loved the episode then, and I like it now, mainly because of the memory watching it over and over again, so I can ignore some of the mistakes and flaws, like the puzzle box of it so he didn't like the uh the puzzle box either no um and you know like i said before there was some assumptions made there was uh some things not explained that we're able to rationalize now that you probably wouldn't have cared about or thought about as a kid with that puzzle box and how they got there and you know did he know? Did he have the map memorized? <laughs> right. Uh, what was these translations on the walls? You know, some things like that. They probably should have gave us a couple more details with. But ah, it's a kid's cartoon. That's so, what it was. We go on last year to the Yada Tube. Right. Good to see a new vehicle after a long time. Funny to see how they used the Venom theme music at four minutes and thirty-five seconds in the video while Venom was in that scene. Now, I'm going to stop you right there for a second because I, I thought about that as well. And this is the part where they're kind of mysteriously looking around the house. And like you said in your uh, – you noticed that they didn't come on scene to like what, the 15 or 16-minute mark? Yeah, 15-minute, 27. Out of a 22-minute uh, episode. That's got to be pretty much the longest time that we 
went without having venom. So it was interesting that they put that theme in there as they're kind of snooping around in that house to maybe allude to venom without actually putting them in the episode. That's what I actually thought. It was more of an ambiance that, you know, I mean, it, it's obvious it's mask versus venom anyway, but it, that right. ambiance that, you know, venom was basically in this, uh, involved in this damage, you know, right. but it, it was still just vague enough or, or elusive enough that they didn't put venom on the scene. But I can see where the auditube is, is mentioning where, you know, we get the venom theme, but no venom. Right, usually right. we do get them both at the same time. Right. Uh, continuing, also interesting that Stinger used a disguise in its first appearance. I wonder if Thunderhawk was more damaged than in any other episode. Hmm. Uh, Rotex, yeah, probably a he, good second, but I think this one has a beat. But I don't know. No, 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 because he, 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 the, 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 this is literally Thunderhawk 2, if you remember. Because they well, just they destroyed Thunderhawk one in the was it Solaris, um, right? It got melted. Yeah. So this is Thunderhawk two. So Thunderhawk one did they get a well? It got disintegrated really. So uh, anyway, so maybe that point and the big scorpion made me remember and enjoy, and enjoy uh, this episode as a child. Plus the case that Venom was attacked by scorpions. The same idea that they use to attack others. It's like the words a wise man said many years ago. Return your sword to its place. For all those who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Interesting. Good (laughs) Good point. Very good point. They got a little taste of their own medicine. That is it. (laughs) Uh, Except it was the real thing. Right, right. That was a great, uh, great comment there. And that is interesting to think what was the the time that Thunderhawk got the most destroyed. Well, it was obviously that one where it would totally melted. And then they later on in the episode gave Matt a shiny new one. Yeah. During the um, PSA of all things. <laughs> right. And then Rotex, if I remember right, we lost both doors. We lost all the wheels. And then you do this barrel roll down the highway. Yep. Yep. So it's close. It's really close compared with this one where, you know, in this one, I thought you saw a lot more kind of dented and mangled parts, uh, the roof and the, the hood yeah. and stuff as it's coming out of there. Even when it was in that hole, it showed it kind of mangled. Yeah, and even the windshield, I think, during it was real very short, but you saw like a crack on the windshield. So that described, yes. you know, how, how damaged it really was. Yeah. So And, and they got, like I said, that, that the rear spoiler was all – Bang, you know, banged and dented up. So it was, yeah. I don't know. This might be, aside <laughs> from being Thunderhawk 1, being making an actual demise, I think this one's, uh, <laughs> I think this one's had its rough, rough times. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that was all of our uh, reviews from our listeners. We appreciate taking the time. And of course, we invite anybody listening to go ahead and do that before our next episode. Uh, when we will be reviewing number 44, Riddle of the Raven Master. And this one has uh, Venom agent Vanessa Warfield using trained ravens to steal the London crown jewels. As a diversion, Slyrax plants a bomb in Big Ben. Scott and T-Bob meet the ravens at the uh, Tower of London. So that was just, <laughs> that was taken from, I think, Wikipedia. 
But uh, it sounds like we're going to be going to London, and uh, they're going after Treasure again. Yeah. It seems to be about the norm anyway. Which is fine. I, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. But, uh, again, I, there's some point where I'm going to have to go through these episodes and kind of do an inventory of what their motives are. Is it Treasure? Is it Artifact? Is it just money or, you know, whatever? Right. Revenge? That'd be kind and, of fun to actually do as a chat. And to see, yeah, and to just kind of go through each one and see just basically the makeup of the show and and what they go after the most and, you know, make it easier explaining to somebody, you know, what mask is or, or whatever. You can say, uh, well, for the most part, they were looking for lost treasure and uh, mask had to go defeat Venom. But anyway... Uh, that's another topic, like you said, yeah. for maybe another podcast. So that will, uh, I guess, about do it, partner. Uh, we might be taking a little bit of a break because uh, you're welcoming another member of the family here. Yeah, in about three weeks. weeks. Uh, that's that's the ETA anyway. Is about three weeks, and uh, so maybe we can squeeze one one more in here in about a week or two before we take a small absence. And maybe uh, maybe we'll do a chat or, fingers crossed, maybe we can do another interview. i got a couple potentials out there, like we've mentioned before, but um, we, uh, we've had uh, somebody contact us recently. I'll uh, we'll have to comment on the website. So uh, maybe we'll see if we can get another interview in, make it kind of less note-oriented and, and just kind of have a conversation and, yeah. Something like that before uh, before the baby comes. Uh, let's see, Adam. So he's you call him Scott. So is this other one going to be T Bob or uh, you going to nickname him Thingamabob or no. Bob or <laughs> Scotty? I don't know. I don't know what we'll have to t- call him. Scott number two. I don't know. <laughs> Scott and Bob. That's yeah. what I think you should call him. <laughs> Maybe that's just what I'll call him. That's probably what you how, will call him. How are Scott and Bob doing there, buddy? <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank I know you. I've told you before, but uh, on behalf of me and everybody else in the community, we wish you and your wife the best of luck. And we'll just keep on the trucking on and you worry about him. And we'll get Mass Cast back on the air when uh, when you're ready. Oh, I'll be probably awake, guys. <laughs> awake a lot more often rather <laughs> and uh who knows I might have to put the pause button a little bit more often wait he's screaming again <laughs> well at least it's uh it's daylight savings this weekend so it's not like uh you have to set your clock forward <laughs> then and lose yeah. an hour then so maybe we get the chance to adapt a little bit more before he comes yeah it's called Zequil, isn't it I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it's been it's been awesome. I wish we could do with this a lot more often. I say that lately. It's always a blast doing these episodes. And, uh, sorry again that it's taken a few, a little too long, but you know life happens. Very true. But anyway, thank you again for joining in and watching us on Mascat. Ah, uh, ping pong, anyone?